Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. to the Wise Men Say podcast where myself, Stephen Goldsmith, along with Gareth Barker and Michael Loth are going to discuss how it was being like a Man City fan for the day on Sunday. The lads cruised to a 3-0 win over a side that took four points from their opening two games and have finished in the League One playoffs for the past two seasons. Man City, we're going overboard or putting too much pressure on after no I, I didn't say we were going to be like Man City for the season but I said it was like being a Man City fan for that day that was nice wasn't it <laughs> it was nice just to witness that where your side is so far superior to the opposition because we've I mean we haven't had that in a long time have we I think it was nice to well it was a bit like again I'm going to use words here that people can <laughs> decide that they're you know, getting carried away. I'm not. I'm not saying it's going to be like this every week. Um, but it was Reed era-esque um, in, in the way we steamrolled. That's what we used to do. I was thinking about that Roy Keane book. Yes, a completely different team and squad. But I imagine they had the same mentality when Keane was saying, you know, there'd be teams in the tunnel and they used to, you know, talk, start, at the si- start at the start of the season, they'd be like, you know, Three points there, easy. Three points there, easy. And that whole like Alex Ferguson thing, where they were two or three nil down at half time, and he just walked in and said, "Lads, it's Tottenham," and walked out. <laughs> and that was a mentality you had under Reid, where people would come, and that was that was low key compared to some of the you know smashings were handed out under under Reid, where we're mm. absolutely laced teams three, four, five, six, seven I, nil. I mean, if there, if there was a neutral watching that game yesterday who had no context or no knowledge of who those two teams were, they probably would have concluded Sunderland were two divisions apart, two divisions above Scunthorpe yesterday. Would you it had a feel of a game, an FA Cup game, and we were aside a couple of divisions above Scunthorpe. Um, yeah, in a sense, but obviously... We were a different stratosphere then. Oh, we were, of course. You know what Sunderland are like, well, when we usually play lower league teams in the FA Cup, <laughs> we usually live but they were 1-0 win with a late goal if we're lucky. But no... Um, certainly, I wouldn't have concluded that Scunthorpe were a team that finished in the playoffs last season. I was last quite two seasons. Last two seasons. I mean, I was quite wary going into the game. Obviously, seeing that Luton got quite comprehensively beaten, and we didn't manage to break them down in the end last Saturday. 
and then going to the game looking at Scunthorpe's record, like I say, I was a little bit apprehensive, but you could, the tone was set in the opening five minutes, really, the way we were going to play, and just, I can't remember a Sunderland side being so attacking from the first whistle, really, in my time supporting the club. I mean, obviously, I just missed the Peter Reid era, but I've certainly never seen that from the Sunderland side. It was a joy to watch. They used the pitch, didn't they? They've, yeah. they've extended the pitch yeah, and they've yeah. used they've, the, the spreading teams out. Catamall and, and Power were important for that, being at the base of the midfield, allowing the other players to to use that space to their I advantage. I thought, you know, Power was watching him in the first half. Well, through the whole game, he was excellent. In the first half, he was outstanding. And I thought, why did Wigan sell him? Well, Darren Gibson's playing the centre of their midfield. I don't so. think he's played... T- I think he's only had one start, mind. He's probably injured. Paul Cook's a manager who likes to play possession football. Uh, I mean, Power, you know, we, we do, and Power fit into that, but I think it's it's very, very possession-based. And I think Gar- Gibson's good at that. I, I don't know if that's what he's thinking is. When um, he's fit. <laughs> yeah. And or, not, fit. or not in... It's suspended. <laughs> he's, he's good at that. Mm. Um, Catamol. Shall we just crack on and talk about him now and get out of the way? Yeah, I mean, he was good, wasn't he? Shall we Are hear we what Jack Ross said about him? Yeah, let's let's do that first. So our this is our James first. How pleasing was Lee Catwell's performance today and the fans' reaction towards him? I knew there was a question about Lee in there somewhere. <laughs> he's um, he he's a good player, and again, I think that it was about getting him in a frame of mind and. and that he wants to, he feels positive about what we're doing here, and that I've said from day one, he's been that way. But I think that during the week was good for him. I think it was good psychologically to get back on the pitch here and, and play in a good manner. And his contribution to the part today was excellent, and, and he enjoyed it. That's the thing. I mean, you forget that you take all the external things that go around. Sometimes most footballers enjoy playing football and, and enjoy winning games. And so if you speak to him, he will tell you that. And he's saying he has, he has got an ambition for this club to to be promoted this year and that he would take great pleasure from that so I'm just pleased that he made a, his, his positive contribution he's did today Let's not bang on too much about Lee Caramol because uh, you know, I think we've said it a bit over the years but uh, it, shouldn't, it, should, it shouldn't be in doubt about his abilities uh, at this level and it just seems that a bit hypocritical that everybody can just praise Oviedo as much as they like and, and almost begrudgingly do the same to Lee Catamol after a performance like that. Yep, I mean, obviously, I'm absolutely delighted with the way Oviedo's performed on the pitch against Charlton. He put in that cross for Gooch for the winner, and he was really good overall, and he absolutely had had them on strings, really, yesterday. He was essentially playing as a winger most of the game, as opposed to a left wing-back, but he was outstanding, and I think his on-field performance should, should rightly be praised, but I'm just sometimes a little bit wary of going overboard about his attitude, etc. Whilst it is really good to see, I'm not sure if it is this like breath of fresh air that he's basically doing like the minimum requirement, the job he's meant to be doing by his em- the club he's employed by. Whereas, like you say, Lee Catnamall, he gave a really good account of himself against Sheffield Wednesday, and yesterday he looked every inch for player that we expect Lee Catnamall to be, certainly in League One and probably what we expected last season as well. So, like you say, so there is a little bit of um, hypocrisy in there, but I guess it's just with Lee Catamore it's been something that's happened over a number of seasons and his decline I think has coincided with the decline of a football club so it's natural maybe the supporters are going to kind of want him to move on so we can have a total clean slate but like I, I do agree it's a little bit of hypocrisy it's, in there it's a, it's a real stark contrast for him with a lot of the comments you'll hear from from most supporters about you know one players who 
regardless of ability, will give everything for the club. Now, everybody who's been through Sunderland over the years, and there's a lot of them, will all say the same about Lee Catmull. That he loves the club. He'll give everything for the club. You know, the, his attitude around the club and all this. Yet he's been tarred with this brush because he's he's been around the whole time. Um, and I'm not praising him on, on Thursday and praising him um, for, for the game against Gunthorpe doesn't mean that automatically you're forgiving him, if that's the right word, for how bad he, he was last season in particular. I mean, again, you, you could argue that the two poorer seasons in the Premier League, he was still okay. Um, and then he was terrible last year. Uh, maybe, you know, things are just catching up with him a little bit in his body. But, you know, I think it's... Sometimes we talk about narratives on here, don't we? And some interesting narratives around because he's been tarred with that brush, he's been treated differently, maybe. I mean, remember, the the suggestion was that nearly everybody wanted to leave the club, apart from Paddy McNair was one of the ones who didn't want to leave. And he, he apparently then decided, said he was never going to play for the club again. And then he went. Um so we're in a situation where uh, you know we've got this this player who he's it's like oh well it doesn't matter if he's good enough or not he was one of the ones who wanted to be first out the door and all that but like people aren't saying the same about Gooch and, and Honeyman and people like that now it's it's that's all being forgotten about and like Oviedo like you say it's it's the same thing so it's definitely a bit of an overhang of a an underlying you know. Not an agenda. I don't want to say that because people start fuming all over the place. <laughs> Got an it's not, agenda. It's not an agenda. It, it's just an underlying feeling about know, that yeah, one player yeah. that's been carried over. And now it's him. He'll never. From some people, he'll never ever win them back. And he, he's no. lost them a long time ago. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. I mean, I still have the opinion that if he's available and here, great. But I still do have a feeling that maybe it's best if he doesn't yeah, move oh, on. No, but absolutely. I think it's unlikely. I, 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 I think, think it's unlikely that he will. I think it's more unlikely we'll see Oviedo go than than him before the end of August. Personally. I think it's 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 rational that people think we need to, you know, move on from that and that's understandable but as long as he's here and as long as he's fit he needs to play. I think it's it's helped that he's um been eased into the side almost because um rather than uh, you know him starting he doesn't he doesn't like being captain I think that's clear. Yeah. Uh, he didn't want to put the yeah, armband on really. when it got given to him in the second half. He, he, I think he's always played better for Sunderland when he hasn't been captain personally. Uh, he likes responsibility on the pitch. To, to lead and and, yeah. and and encourage his teammates, but I don't think he actually likes the, I mean, him the, the him, band on his on his arm. Him and Power were talking all the time, talking all the time. Leuven's will be the same. Um, I thought Baldwin was absolutely brilliant, yeah. by the way, yesterday. I mean, I thought it, it was... He was like crazy at the back, oh, wasn't he? Fantastic. The way he was just knocking the ball, really cross-field balls and stuff. Um, with that uh, block where, where he a great strike, he you know, was really unlucky not to score. Um I thought he was outstanding, and he was excellent against um, Luton. I thought as well. Um, so that's a real positive because there was mixed reports about him. And obviously, there's still time. There's still a lot of time yeah, for things to go wrong, and there's still a lot of time for things to yeah. get better. Baldwin signing almost epitomises our new transfer strategy because how many players have we seen over the years for Sunderland who are rubbish, and they go on and do and they go on and do well for other clubs, and people are always like, I don't, I don't understand how that can happen. And we've always concluded here that that's because they go and play for a manager in a club who have a certain system and see them fit in the system. Baldwin left Peterborough and their fans weren't that no. praiseful of him, but he's obviously 
um, Ross has identified what he's good at, and that is he's calm and composed on the ball. And maybe Peterborough, I don't know lots about Peterborough, didn't play in a way that well, that suited to his strengths. And yesterday, again, using the space of the pitch, uh, he looked he looked at home. He looked more at home than anybody. It's a good point you made about systems and stuff, because I think Steve Evans is a manager at Peterborough, and, and he plays a... In his style of football, it, I mean, if you thought it was bad watching Simon Grayson last year with a long ball game, like Steve Evans is absolutely brutal. Like I've read um, an autobiography by a footballer called Ben Smith, um, who was a autobiography by just an average journeyman player, and he said that he's like, got a journeyman's name, Ben Smith. Oh, he does. But he was saying he was like a ball playing centre midfielder when he was at Crawley about ten years or so ago. And he said as soon as Evans came in, just every time he tried to do any kind of constructive midfield play and get the ball out the wingers he would always criticise him for not going long to the big men up front so I think that's a good point you make about Jack Baldwin and him perhaps not fitting in I think it's really interesting we go back to the start of last season and Simon Grayson's comments about you know we've got a team of ball we've got a team of ball ball players I think yeah. he said was it ball players I think he said or? He, he just referenced the fact that yeah, we've we're got good at keeping the ball yeah we've got a team but and he basically said, no, I don't want to use, I don't want to play that way, I want to play... He coursed it out of them, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, I want to try and make these <laughs> players play a different way. You've got, to, you've got to laugh now, I guess. Now, he's found the players that you... He's obviously found players that you want to fit into the system, Ross. Um, But it, it is... It, it's interesting enough, I would say that... I thought this against Sheffield Wednesday, the players handle the ball a lot better than the players we had last season. Um. They really do, you know. They receive it under pressure. I mean, that's probably why the mistake happened on on a Thursday because it's not. I wouldn't say overconfidence, but the it's been drilled into them that they can do stuff like that yeah. if they want to. And he's obviously not quite good enough to do what he did and, and gave the ball away in a dangerous place. But the firing the ball into McLaughlin, you know, and he's controlling. He's firing the ball out of the full back, and you know the the balls are bouncing and they're going at them sort of knee height, but they're still getting them under. And they've got loads of, there's so many options, but it's not like we're, you know, when, when we've seen, and I've, to be fair, we played some excellent football in the Poyet when when we got fully going, mm. like, but we were played a lot of football in our own half. So we're keeping the ball, not for keeping the ball sick, but waiting for opportunities to arise to move the ball forward. Whereas I feel as though with this team, it, it, it is purposeful play with the ball it's not keeping the ball for the sake of it and then the, there always seems to be a group of players available in any yep. space of the pitch to knock the ball around to each other um, f- so many options how often how frustrating has it been in the last few years when you've seen somebody on the ball and they've got nobody to pass to mm. now we've got three or four options on the ball every time I think yesterday our, our transitional play was absolutely fantastic the amount of times that we won the ball back and before you know it, the ball's going from a fullback. We're still playing it through the thirds, but within seconds, it was getting to a more creative player like a Maguire or a Gooch, and I think that was absolutely excellent. Like you were saying, we just had options all over the pitch, and the confidence was just excellent. So we were getting the ball, and we were and we we're just spraying the ball twenty yards across the pitch to Gooch, and it was like actually like going, it was going to him, and as I say, we just caused them problems all afternoon, like both on the ball and in out of possession as well. I thought we were excellent; it was just really good. Maguire is somebody who clearly likes. And thrives playing on the big stage like this. You feel like he's been waiting all his career for a move like this. I thought he changed the game against Charlton when he went more central. It was a formation change, wasn't it, that allowed him to do that when Jack Ross matched up with Charlton. Um, he played quite central Sunday. I think he drifted inwards, got on the ball. You touched on it there, Mick. Um, the inclusion of Oviedo. 
that allowed Maguire to play a central because they didn't feel like they needed somebody in front of Oviedo. They thought he could do it all from left back himself and they awarded him that whole freedom down that left-hand side and it was almost like we had an, an, an additional man because they let that let Maguire play a central and that just it was allowed us to overload them in the middle of the park and it was like we had an extra man for the full game. That's something that you know Oviedo does bring because he's Oviedo is a Premier League standard left back. And when, when and, and because he's playing, he's playing, fit. yeah, and he's playing two divisions below him, and he's that good. Uh, they have thought, right, we don't even need somebody in front of me here, and, and they put Maguire central. But it's going to be interesting what happens when all of our players are fit. If Honeyman could be at risk for me because it could be a choice between Maguire and Honeyman um, vying for the same spot, and Maguire at the moment. Um, Looks like the one who's got a little bit of an extra goal threat in him. I don't feel as though that um, Honeyman's got enough um, sort of creative passes in him. Although, to be fair, the great great ball for the third goal in the Gooch, and he should have we should have had a fourth, shouldn't we? Yeah. Did well to knock that down to to Madger, good awareness rather than just heading towards goal. Mm. You know, I thought he was. I think he's playing well, Honeyman. I'm, I'm just, I'm, right. I'm, I'm, you know, we don't have anything to mourn about because there, no. there was no, there were no bad individual performances. We're not yeah. used to this at all. I'm just sort of, you know, wondering or asking the question, you know, actually when everyone's fit, you know, it's yeah, a nice problem to have. To have. Well, it's Cat- a, I mean, when was the last time we had this? Is, if Catamore stays, is McGee going to get, get in? Well, this is the thing. I mean, playing twice a week is going to help. And what was interesting was the way I think we took our foot off the gas a little bit second half. As a fan, you were thinking, right, put your foot on the throat here because you could, you could score. They could have scored six if they wanted to yesterday, I think. I think because we have injuries still, it's likely going to be you know a similar team. We'll get on to the Gillingham game just now. I think the instructions were just back off a little yeah. bit here. You've got a game. You've got just another game. It. You've got another game in three days. Just keep all of the ball, um, and you know if you create openings, you create openings. Uh, I, I think they reined in a little bit um, by instructions. I'm guessing. I think it, you know, just to go back to Maguire. For me, for the first couple of games, I've been a bit unsure, and like that's not a criticism. Even the Charlton game, second half, just felt a little. I bit, thought he dictated a player second half. Just feel a little bit like he's a. He looks like he's going to do something, and then he doesn't. Um, and to be fair to him, he has done stuff. Um, in in, it's a certainly uh, on the uh, Sunday. Um, he, you know, he, he he kind of delivered on on the promise that he is going to do something, and he, he, you know, he scored a lovely. It was a, I didn't realize it was a little back heel flick at the time. Um, no, I didn't. Until I it was just back. a nice, just a nice goal on it, and he was the desire to get into the six yard box on that wide. And area. he enjoyed it, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying about him thriving yeah. on that. He, I mean, he, he, he likes this. Enjoy he likes this. I know. Well, it's that good. Yeah, you he know, likes the this. Atmosphere is fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a party atmosphere. Um, it was nice to have like almost like a cheer for the third goal. It was like a, the inevitable third goal cheer, where it's like when you know, like when you hear Man City fans like just kind of, it's not like that visceral. You know what I mean? It's like oh, it's yeah, like a happy a, cheer. Yeah, that, there's <laughs> another one, and that's what it felt like. It was it was so easy. I mean, Madge, you know, as well to get he should have had four and three games, um, but it's massive for him to, mm. to get three and three and. 
And he's worked out a clear strength. He's worked out a clear strength to his game, hasn't yeah. he? That he he's, on the, he's, on the half turn. He, yeah, he, he knows he can get those shots yeah. away early and he's catching the keeper off guard. Um, and it's not something that, you know, yeah. the keepers could, all the keepers in the league could be watching that and thinking, all right, he shoots early. But if you can't see him and he's through a crowd and suddenly he's, he's released, he's pulled a trigger and he's scored. And and, all, you might not shoot early on one occasion. And then that, you know, he, did any did everybody exp- when he got the ball expect him to shoot straight away? Yeah, yeah. Because he got it and you just thought he's going to shoot it, and he did, and he scored. He knows where the goal is as well. Mm. I mean, you know, twice he scored the season where he's back to goal and he's he's hit the target. So I still think it was an unusual goal. The first one against Charlton, it's like a weird angle on his left foot. Um, Keeper then, probably should have saved it as yeah, well. But he made that. I think he should have. Definitely. I mean, the, the chances he missed was easier than the, yeah. the chances well, scored. It's not a goal, wasn't it? He just lashed at it. Um, but what a shame because that would have just capped it off. It would have been nice to have a fourth one mm-hmm. in the second half and show that even in first Because 3 0 sounds like a comfortable win. 4 yeah. 0 is a hammering, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, I know I know what you mean. I'd have been interested to hear what. I mean, I'd, I don't know where you'd go to find it. I'm sure there's a forum somewhere, but to hear what Scunthorpe's views on the game were, well, whether or not they felt they, they played poorly or whether they were just outplayed by a better team. I saw Scunthorpe's manager. In his post-match presser, essentially saying that the players froze because of like the the stadium and the atmosphere, everything that went with it, and the basically he didn't accuse them of bottling it as such, but you said there was certainly a bit of a fear factor about playing Sunderland. But that's what Jack Baldwin was saying. That's what we spoke about last week after the Luton game, and Jack Baldwin came out and said, "I've played this, I've played this league for a long time, and I don't think teams will necessarily handle the atmosphere you saw against Charlton and and." So you know that that would ring true if if that if that's what the manager said. But that's what it needs to be. That that's where you do need to be a bit arrogant and say, mm-hmm. "Well, play to your strengths." And that is one of the strengths with the biggest club in the league by far, with the biggest crowd in the league by far. I mean, if if they can keep this home record up, that that Man City twenty eight thousand average is going to get smashed, isn't it? I would have thought. Oh yeah, definitely, because people will want to come and see. I mean, I would. If you think if you're on the fence about going back. You know, a lot of work to do. Because it's, 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 it was great, great football. He was looking for season ticket price today. He's going to buy one this week. It was great football. Start, so. like that, that's, that, it doesn't matter what division you're in. You want to go and you want to enjoy the game and you want to hopefully win the game. Mm. And if you if you play a nice football and win, and, and that's what it was, I think, that we, we played nice football against Sheffield Wednesday and I think we would have got a result in that game had we a, a had a strike yeah. and B not... Don't giving away that first goal, like we did, but the football at times mm. will handle. And they did Sheffield Wednesday. Did, I mean, I haven't seen this possession stats for for the yesterday's game, but Sheffield Wednesday didn't have a kick for about 20, the first twenty five mm. minutes until they scored or whatever. I mean, yesterday we must have had about seventy seventy five percent of the ball. Mm. I mean, it, it is in the first half. It, it, and it's in good areas as well, isn't yeah. it? Well, Ross said that, didn't he, when he came on our podcast pre-season? He said, I like to play in the final third. Our, our attackers are relentless. And what you've got to think as well... Um, we haven't, I mean, we haven't talked about Gooch. Well, well he's exactly. absolutely so, brilliant. All, all, of the, all of the four players played well. And, and you think we've got McGeady, Watmore, Wyke, Sinclair. When all those guys are fit, you're going to see an improvement in performance because nobody's going to want to miss out on this now. That's ridiculous. So all of these four players now think, well, I've got the shirt, and you've got McGeady and what more? I don't, I don't care who they are. I'm keeping my yeah. shirt. And whoever sub comes on is going to be thinking the same. He's well, my chance to. He's my chance well, to we make might have a, You know, a league for the three, and then in the cup we'll have, 
you know, McGeady, Sinclair and uh, Wyke, or Sinclair, well, I mean, what more if he's back? You know, win the Checker Trade Trophy with them, with them three. Do you think? You know, I mean, I mean, it's that's the thing. We're gonna. It, it is. There's a lot to look forward to if we can just keep this, keep the score in this period going where we're we're lacking something. Mm. I mean, we're talking about bringing another forward in and, and discussions about that. I said mentioned on Twitter yesterday. I'd I was going to say, do you think that's still going to happen now? If, if there's a choice between keeping Oviedo and bringing another forward in, I'd keep Oviedo any day of the week because. He must be looking at yeah, and he must be he's created three goals in the in the two and a half games he's played. And he must be looking at the standard of opposition now, Jack Watson thing, and I can I can live with this until Wyke certainly comes back at the end of the month. Do I need to go and bring? Well, he might be in? back for Oxford, Wyke. I mean, that's massive to have an option on the bench, a forward option on the bench. I mean, and Wyke have been coming well. I want to like you were saying, Wyke's not. Coming I want a piece to, of this. Yeah, Wyke's not come to Sunderland. Uh, I mean. To, to to sit on the bench, he's he's going to want to. He's probably looking at the the options. He's got the wide options and the thinking about the runs he would make. Wow, now, like, yeah, well, Gooch gets a ball a thing, and that's the ball. That's yeah. the run I'm making in that yeah. position. Yeah, yeah, he's going to. He'll be thinking, I didn't fill my boots, and that's a fantastic position to be in. I mean, we've got so much, so many injuries at the moment, and we've just got to hope to clear up and and stay away. Um, but it's good to hear that players are desperate to get back as well. You know, you're saying Flanagan ahead of schedule. And uh, um, Sinclair's ahead of schedule. I mean, Love was supposed to be out for four weeks, and he's apparently travelling tomorrow. So, the the it, there must be a a mental reason for that, you know. Mm. Well, we're going to talk about the Gillingham game and a couple of other things when we come back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Okay, Sunderland uh, are playing Gillingham Wednesday. 2,000 fans sold out away fans down, travelling down south. Although we do have a big um, London branch, don't we? So there'll be a lot of local fans there. I used to live in Gillingham, you know. Did you? Little known fact. Why would it be is widely it, known it fact? In <laughs> is it in Kent? Is it in Kent? Yes. Is it, isn't it supposed to be like one of the worst grounds in the country? Or the worst ground in the country? Um, I don't know if I've ever been I'm to sure the, the away end is just a um, I was about temporary stand. when I lived there. I can't remember it though. And no, I'm sure it was voted like the worst worst ground in the country or something like that. So, but you know, the, it doesn't matter where they're, where they're coming from. We get plenty people slagging us off again. People, there's people having a go at Sunderland on Thursday night for getting fourteen thousand for the League Cup. I bet if you look at the attendances in the League Cup, we'd have been it was the second best. I second think. best. Yeah. So I think Leeds had eighteen. Leeds, yeah. So we had the second best, and we still get slagged off for attendances. On Saturday, we had thirty thousand there again. We'll get slagged off by people for attendances. 
it's ludicrous. Mm. What do people want? You're not going to have 45, 47,000 people every week in league in in the third division. This this is a. You know, I'm immune to all that now, to be honest, because there's only the Newcastle fans who do it. Are you immune to uh, Newcastle fans in the Scunthorpe then, Stephen? Well, you know, doing it for retweets and stuff. Apparently, you, you know, yeah, yeah. Which, what was beef. interesting about that was right. We, so we were sitting 20 minutes into the into the first half, and. Um, I'd switched off. I learned to switch off from the away fans. I hate sitting there, and, and, my, and my friends and my brother know I do. Um, and yes, you know the majority of the ground can't hear Scunthorpe, but where I sit, you can hear them. Even if it's twenty people chatting, you can hear them. Um, following, to be fair. And, and, and it came down, and then so I wasn't really listening. And my brother said, um, "Have you heard what they're singing?" And I was like, "No." And then he said, "They're singing the Steve Cran celebrity fan song, which is." A song, a bit of a cult song, Newcastle fans sing. You wouldn't hear it at St James's. I've never, I've, it is, right? I've never, heard. I've never heard it. It's more like, do you know how you have different songs for home and away crowd and stuff? And you're more likely to hear it in the pubs and on the train, I think, than than, than in the ground. And when he said, "Oh, they're singing," I said, "They won't be singing that." I said, "There'd be something just in the same tune, um, you know, with different words." And then I heard them say, "You know, Steve Cram and Sunderland's a massive club. They're singing." I thought, "Oh, you're right, actually." And I said, well, "Have they not just learned the song just to?" To wind us up, and then we listened and they sang it again. I says, "No, I think you're right." Um, and then they started singing, "Have you ever seen a Macam in Milan?" In thick Jordy accents. <laughs> so uh, there's one, a couple of Scunthorpe fans that actually said to me on Twitter, "Yeah, I heard that." Um, one said it was a Scunthorpe fans actually. Was, I don't know if they're putting on a northeast accent. That would be impressive if they're doing <laughs> that. Um, it wasn't loads. There was probably you know twenty or so, but I could hear from where I was sitting. But then the police went up there. So I'm guessing something got sorted after that anyway, because you didn't hear well, you didn't hear them chant anything after that. So weird, isn't it? It's it must be horrible coming here in Notchard and getting beat three 0 every time. No, it's strange. It's it, it is really strange. Um, they are strange. Aren't they? <laughs> Before we mention the uh, the Gillingham game, because I'm not sure if anybody would change the team, why you would feel like you needed to anyway. Um, I just want to touch briefly on the the Sheffield Wednesday uh, people's thoughts on the on the organisation, the seating arrangements. Mm. I, I feel it's I feel like we should comment e- on a it. field experiment. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I was going to go on a massive rant about it actually, but we did speak to Chris Waters on Saturday, didn't we? And the club know that it didn't work. They are aware of that. So we, we said before the game, didn't we? Um, that you know the sensible thing to do would have been to open the, just a low, very low ball, and and Chris did suggest that. If a similar fixture was going to come up this season, they would look at opening the whole lower ball first. If you're going to cordon off areas, cordon off the corners and just mm. have the behind the goals mm. um, is, is the areas you can go. Maybe just get rid of the west, like close the west stand and have just a corporate bit if you want. And just then the do, ball. Just a lower ball. Open the lower ball right around. Even if you just had the behind the goal down the side and behind the goal at the mm. corner, get rid of the corners. I don't know. I think it killed the... Yeah, the look on anyway, did, he, did even sort of hint on as well that the away fans could be moved down as well. Anyway, so I, th- I do think it's important that because I, what, I, what I don't want is, as well as the new owners are doing and the feel-good factor and everything at the moment, if something's not right, mm. it's a, you know we're going to see it because... But the same know, they, tried, they tried something I'm not sports different, person didn't they? Club or anything as well. Like that. Oh well, yeah, the, oh, no, the, the credit tried, and trying. They just, but they just went from one extreme yeah. to the other, didn't yeah. they? Because that attendance in a fully open ground is ludicrous. Yeah. But opening one stand is ludicrous because what happened was it might as well be a derby game because you've got one stand open, you've only got X amount of turnstiles open. Mm. So there's queues outside, and some people were coming in 16, 17 minutes into the game after after the game had kicked off, which 
is daft. Anyway, we, you know, I think it was important to say that. But speaking to Chris, the club note, and they've acknowledged it already. So this is what you like about the the, the new guys as well that they're prepared to take feedback on board and do something about it. Um, this being in League One, things trendy now. I noticed a Hull a Hull fanzine earlier on Twitter um, had put, put a Twitter poll out, and they said that they asked their fans, "Would you take relegation?" If it ensured we could have something similar to what is happening happening at Sunderland at the minute, and last time I checked, there were about a thousand responses to that, and ninety one percent answered that question yes. There you go. So people are taking note, aren't they? People want to be like we, everyone wanting to be like Swansea and Southampton. <laughs> now and then it's now they want to be in League One, like now Sunderland. Now they want to be in uh, League One. The Sunderland model just capitulates completely. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's you you do feel though yeah. that. Um, you know, had this happened a few years ago, we would have been mocked and ridiculed more than we have been now. There does seem to be a wide acceptance from football fans that, you know, this isn't a bad thing mm. and and that actually, you know, it's going to do us well. It's, it does. Now, I, I know we're nowhere near achieving anything that yeah, won't no. achieve this season. We've played three games. Um, but, you know, watch, watching the Premier League and you want to be... You obviously want to be in the Premier League. It's this weird thing. You want to be in the Premier League. You want to be in the Premier League. You're chasing this idea that you want to be in the Premier League. And then you get there. And you park the bus when, when you play at Old Trafford or Man City. like, uh, you know, unless unless you're going to challenge in the league, um, you know, it just gets a bit boring after a while. So, you know, while we're here in this division... Then we just got to enjoy, enjoy days like Sunday, and hope there's more of them. Um, well, yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's going back to the point. It doesn't matter what division you're in if you're no. winning and having a good time. Exactly, and the, the and the attendance is a, a proof of that. If we can get in the next two games, we have two away games, don't we? Um, Gillingham in a couple of days, and then Wimbledon at the weekend before our next home game. So if we can get three, four, or six points, even even three. You don't want to lose any games, but even if we would like to lose one and win, and win one, in these two away games, by the time Oxford come, who are playing abysmal, abysmally at the minute, the bottom of the league. So if they had to keep that form up, you you would imagine we would be looking forward to that and to win that game. You could be looking at thirteen, fourteen, or sixteen points after sixteen games. Uh, sorry, after <laughs> six games, thirteen points last season. So worst case scenario out of that, maybe circa three points. That would have had you in the top four after six games. 14 points would have had you third, and 16 points was what Shrewsbury had at the top of the league. Now, we do need to reiterate that it's early in the season because none of the top four after six games last season were promoted. So the climate can change, it's but it would be a, nice um, to be in a in a position like that. It's, um, they've got to use what happened on Sunday as a catalyst and lay the market down away from home. Mm-hmm. Remember going to Gillingham... Uh, I think it was under Mick McCarthy, and we destroyed them in, in a midweek in a midweek game. I think um, George McCartney had a field day down the left hand side. I think Marcus Stewart got a couple. I think we won that four four nil or four one. Four nil, yeah. Um, but we've got to, we've got a. I feel as though yeah, we played at home like that. It's great, but we got to play away from yeah. home like that because. You, if you you just got to exert your authority on the yeah. game and, and make people go, and, don't want to play something. And we were disappointed after the Luton game, weren't we? Because you feel like the players, if 
was had that belief then they could have finished the job mm. off and they should have finished the job well, off. Well, I mean, they hit the bar, didn't they, in that game and it should have won the game. But Scunthorpe, as you know, as as we said in the in the first part, they had four points after two games. Um they drew with Walsall and then they won a Coventry. So the, it's a decent start by them. And as we said, we were on a different stratosphere to them yesterday. Gillingham uh, won their first two games, to be fair to them. Um, so they had six points from two. They won at Accrete and Stanley first game. And then they beat Burton at home. Uh, they have lot, they lost on Saturday at Walsall. So Walsall also yeah. drew with Scunthorpe. I mean, so they've got a, a striker who scored a lot of goals, haven't they? Eves, Tom Eves. Um, yeah. He scored a lot of Fans goals last season. There, um, yeah. And he scored, I think he got the goal on Saturday. And I think he's scored a few times this season already. So there'll be one to watch coming up against... You know, a, a striker who knows how to score, score goals in, in, in League One. Um, so it'll be a new challenge. But Scunthorpe had a strike. What, what's the guy? Do they have a goal scorer, Scunthorpe? Um, I'm not sure. I might be thinking of Doncaster, actually. <laughs> no, well, Doncaster well, got Hilton, a Hilton forward. Had, who, Hilton's well a forward who scored a lot of goals for Luton. Um, and we'll go up against him, obviously, at lower level. Lyle Taylor scored goals for Wimbledon. I mean, Wimbledon haven't conceded. This season, oh, two uh, nil nils and a and a win, a one nil win. Is that um, right? But I think they were down the bottom last season. I think it was between them and MK Dons for relegation. Yeah. Um, People tipped um, Walsall. To be fair, um, I don't know exactly how they have done, but like we just said, there they drew with Scunthorpe and the, and the one on they Saturday. lost one of their better players or the Turkish lads. Would anybody even or... consider changing the team? Is this a point? Because two arguments for this: one is no momentum. Um, the players are just starting to understand each other. They've clicked clearly. Uh, let them allow them to con- continue to do that. Another one is to say, actually, we've got some players. We've got a big squad, and we want all the players to come in and fit in when, when, the, and as and when they're needed. I guess the marker of that is Sunderland are playing Newcastle the under twenty threes, and he's already suggested he's going to play Reese James. He's going to play Ethan Robson. Ethan Robson. So that suggests he's looking to keep in the same team, doesn't it? Somebody like I, I was glad the way O nine and um, Mumba were introduced to the to, the, to a side playing well. That is how you would like to introduce those guy kind of players to the team when we're playing well. Come on when everybody's confident and just ease them in that way. That that's in an ideal world, isn't it? So, I'll be, would people be surprised to see the team change? I think it'll only change if there's injuries. Yeah. No. Um... Even with another game Saturday, we don't think he'd be tempted to rotate at all. So Matthews, I don't know if he's gone under the radar as an injury-prone player, but he is an injury-prone player. He's injured all the time. He's always got a knock. I mean, he always seems to get fit for the games, but he's always carrying a knock. He's got a problem, muscle problem, whatever, but he's he's often injured. Um, And he was down again at the weekend, injured. Mm. Um, You know, um, Oviedo had that... I mean... Don't know how that wasn't a free kick, by the way. <laughs> that was right in front of me as well. It was ridiculous. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was probably a booking. Um, referee was a right beefcake, by the way. Did you notice that? <laughs> I was thinking, like, never seen a, a ref so ripped. He was like a proper. There was one like, in the championship man. last season. Was a really there? muscly ref, and I've seen him on the telly a couple of times, yeah. Maybe it's him. No, I don't think it was, but, um, yeah. He looked like a, like, um, <laughs> like a bodybuilder from the eighties because of his hair, he had this like weird sort of like quiff. Mm. Maybe it was the same one in Maybe the championship. It was. He, he wasn't know. very good though. Was he it? looked like he was like up against. Like, I don't know how it was like one yellow card from <laughs> for their players in the game. I mean, he just seemed to 
I think you took sympathy on on them a little bit in the mm. second half. You seen it gives them a lot. How confident are people then? Because we we want to wrap this up now. Um, you know, we, we could have changed our tone by by the time we did a show later on the week, couldn't we? we were prepared to go to Wimbledon and we've just been done three 0 off Gillingham or something, and it would be a massive reality check. And we don't want to get carried away. One because it's Sunderland. Two because it's so early in the season. Um, and a lot of people rightly said, oh, look, you got carried away. You got excited last year after you had three points. You went to Norwich and won 3-1 and you, you played okay against Derby. But the manner of the victory against Scunthorpe suggests that that's not a one-off, doesn't it? Have you still got that feeling in the back of your mind? Even So even when you see performance at that level, the wounds still haven't healed from I'm, the I'm previous... I'm really confident. Rear. I'm oh, really I, confident. Because I've got... like It's not, it's not about losing the game because we're going to lose games this season we will um, it's more about the mental effect on the reaction when we yeah, do the reaction. lose a game and if it's early, lost if it's early in the season I know but I think people discount it because it's a club no, the, the do but what, what Ross Jack Ross said it was important he really didn't want to lose a game he said because I, we don't want the mindset that it's okay to lose games here now we want the opposite and Yes, I know, you know, people did discount it, but they've still lost a game of football. The players have still gone to the dressing room at the end of the game, playing at home, and they've lost a game of football. Yet they've they've recovered like they did on Sunday. So well, but it'll be the well, we're off to back to back victories in the same season for what the first time since mm. was it um, three league wins in a row at home. I'm right? talking about just in a row, yeah. league games, oh, right. victories in a row. I'm trying to, th- I'm trying to think. Um, when we actually won two games on the bounce last, because I can't. Um, it must have been, under, was it under Moyes where we had yeah, that little spell? We, did. we we won a couple of games in a row, didn't we? Went to Bournemouth, Bournemouth and, and then, and then Hull or something at yeah, home. Yeah, something so, like yeah. that. Or Leicester or something. But yes, we it's, it is that thing in the back of my mind where it's how how you react to, to, to that. And it would be nice if we could just convince ourselves a bit more that, it's you know we learn a bit more about the division, go up against a variety of teams, home away from home. People who finished, I mean, we've played a lot of teams who finished top, yeah, top sides. It's been a difficult start on paper in the context of the league. Anyway, I mean, just to wrap it up, I, I think the players will be under similar mindset to the fans, where they are thinking about the players who aren't yet fit, and Lee Catamol um, and Max Power. Looking and well, you've got McGeeock there who play in the opposition. All of the forwards are looking at the treatment rooms saying somebody, there's somebody capable here to come and play in my position. That can only be a good thing, and the players are clearly enjoying it as much as the fans are. Remember, so we'll, we'll come back after Gillingham when we lose 3 0 and talk about remember it. Remember the Gillingham game, yeah, you can stream it on the website, um, even if you're in England because it falls outside of the the um, the black spot or whatever they call it blackout yeah the blackout so basically if you because it's only games that kick off three o'clock on a Saturday that you can't watch on the streaming service so you could have watched yesterday's so game so you just go and set yourself service. an account up, yeah so you just go and set yourself an account on the website I think it's a, a tenant to watch the game so you just stream it right. um, so if people wouldn't know well I'd, I thought it was only for um, sort of people abroad well no that's not the case for the games that aren't at three o'clock on the on a Saturday, okay. so you can get yourself on there if you're one of the if you're not one of the lucky two thousand who's got a ticket and watch a game. Okay, do that then, and we will hopefully have you back joining us uh, later in the week. We are definitely going to put the Dennis Smith preview out this week as well. What we're going to we've just had a lot of not issues, but 
decisions we've, we've had decisions to make issues. haven't we about there was that much content about how to put it in what order and what to do with it there should be a yeah. preview out this week where myself and gareth and andy dawson will be um discussing that whole era and our memories from when dennis smith was manager we should it's have been curated by now yeah. that's what that we're in the curation <laughs> we'll have you, we'll have that to you this week um definitely and then we'll have the part one and part two after that if you just want to listen to that so thanks for listening <laughs> Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.